It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We're going to ease our way back to some football conversation. It's Crossover Thursday on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're joined by Kevin Ostreicher from Locked On Ravens. And we'll talk biggest stories, biggest matchups, and get to some football talk on today's episode. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NFL prepares to move on to week 18, still going as scheduled, and so do we here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Jake Lisko from Locked On Bengals, joined today by Kevin Ostreicher from Locked On Ravens for Crossover Thursday, presented by our friends at Prize Picks, which we've told you about before. Just you against the projections. If you want to get one last regular season week in on Prize Picks, you pick two to five players and whether they will score more or less than their projection and went up to 10 times your money on your entry, which you can get in in 60 seconds or less. First-time users will get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on at prizepicks.com. Again, that's promo code locked on. Kevin, as always, want to encourage our listeners to hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button anywhere you get your podcasts as we on the Locked On Podcast Network move back to normal. And maybe you've been there a little bit closer than I have over on Locked On Ravens, Kevin, as the focus has been on DeMar Hamlin for a couple of days as that happened in a Bengals game. And, well, the Bengals players talked to the media on Wednesday along with head coach Zach Taylor. They are still very much processing what happened on their home field on Monday night. They also are aware that they are preparing for a football game against the Baltimore Ravens. And I think for both sides, the preparation for this game and all of the uncertainty around it is the biggest story. What say you? Yeah. I mean, you have to kind of think of DeMar Hamlin in the situation, obviously though, the first and foremost thing is that he, he pulls through this. So, so many thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family and obviously the bills organization, the Bengals organization too, and in the entire NFL, but here we are now in week 18, you know, you're right, getting ready to to play a football game on Sunday. The, the Ravens and Bengals both announced this game's going to be played on Sunday at 1 p.m. So whether the, the Bills and Bengals game is a, a no contest or a tie or whatever happens to it, obviously, again, very secondary to the Hamlin situation and, and Hamlin the person. But even, you know, John Harbaugh said that he made resources available to his players in the wake of this. And Clayus Campbell speaking to the media after Wednesday's practice said, you know, he, he wouldn't, you know, really be shocked if someone decided to retire based off of this. And he would completely understand if someone decided to retire based off of this thing. And Ryan Clark tweeted out that the next snap of football that we see is going to be such a scary thing based off of this. But, I mean, the biggest story has to be on DeMar Hamlin because I think it's important to keep the focus there. And while we're going to see a football game between Baltimore and Cincinnati on Sunday, the DeMar Hamlin situation, I think, is going to have an impact. But 
uh, again, you have to think of, of the person in this situation, not necessarily the game of football or the player aspect of this whole thing. Yeah, I think that's a great point. It has certainly been a focus on the Lockdown Bengals show for the last few days. I, I thought that Zach Taylor today is talking about former Bengals linebacker and current team chaplain, Vinny Ray, who Ravens fans may or may not remember. He was kind of a depth linebacker for a long time, but occasionally pressed into starting duty and, and played some valuable snaps for the Bengals, has returned to the team as a spiritual guide, a spiritual advisor. And Taylor said one of the things he's taken from Vinny Ray is that you know, given that they have a game on Sunday, you can move forward as a team, but you don't have to move past the situation that's happening right now. You can do both things. You can move, you can both do what you do to support the human being. And as Joe Burrow and DJ Reader and Zach Taylor said, continue to to prepare for a football game that they've got coming up against the Ravens and my takeaways from listening to Joe Burrow and DJ Reader speak is that this is challenging. This isn't something that, that these players are just paying lip service to you. You've mentioned Calais Campbell's comments. Joe Burrow was asked if a player said he didn't want to play this weekend. Would, how would you feel about that? Burrow said, you know, I would support that. I would understand that DJ Reader was asked if he wanted to play in the game this weekend. He kind of declined to comment. He said, I, I'm going to play. That's my job, but I'm not really in a place where I can answer that question. So I think that, you know, and Burrow said his, his perspective on the game has changed. And he thinks that those conversations will happen more in the wake of this among players. And a big takeaway for me this week, Kevin, has been listening to those players and, and listening to what they're communicating. I don't think that there's much posturing happening right now. I think that there is a bit of a, a moment here where players are being vulnerable. And, you know, DJ Reader said this too in his presser on Wednesday. This is a sport where guys are macho, right? And, and there's not a whole lot of expression of emotion. You see it occasionally in the throes of defeat or, or the passion of victory or whatever you want to call it. But, not a lot of real expression of, of that feeling in your locker room. And DJ Reader said there's been a lot of that in the Bengals locker room in the last couple of days, a lot of expression to their teammates and how they feel about one another. And, you know, a lot of these teams are really close. And so it's easy for them to imagine what this would be like and, and take this as a moment to reflect and, and, and share those moments with their teammates. Yeah, and you know, I think it, it's you're you're completely right. The teams are close, but I think the NFL in itself is a brotherhood where these guys on different yeah. teams they they know each other. They're they're friendly. They are some have best friends on other teams. And you know, you heard Mike Tomlin speak about Demar Hamlin, someone mm -hmm. who has known Demar Hamlin since he's been 12 years old he said you know th this goes far beyond you know obviously you have so many within the Bills organization, the Bengals organization, and, and that's been impacted by this. But you have so many others across the league, players, coaches, everybody. And I think it's so important to, again, realize the fact that, and I know a lot of people do, but I think some, you know, these are people. There are people behind those helmets, people under those shoulder pads. They're just like you and they're just like me. They have hobbies. They have friends. They have families. It's not about what they do on the field. The most important thing 
is who they are off of it. And I know that a lot of this has shed light on DeMar Hamlin and just the incredible person that he is. But, you know, going back to Clayus Campbell, he did say, you know, there's like a, a gloomy, sad feeling this week. And I agree mm-hmm. where I think we're seeing raw reactions from these players. And I mean, especially from the from the Bengals. I know the Bills haven't had media availability yet at the time of this recording. But, you know, right now it's definitely not fair to put those guys up there right now and ask them, what well, do you want to play a game this week? Because they're still processing what's I going think, on. And I think quite a few around the league are looking to Buffalo, which – to me, feels correct. I know a lot of Bengals fans are upset about the outcome of that game. The Bengals, they felt, were off to a great start and all these things and, and all these football ramifications. But given what's happened, I don't see another way forward. I, I think that no matter what happens, someone is going to feel slighted. Someone is going to feel like it is unfair. This all started from a moment that was unexpected and unfair. So it kind of makes sense that what follows is unfair. It's, it's just the nature of, of this incident and the nature of what we're dealing with here. But the game will go on, as you mentioned, Kevin, at 1 o'clock. And it, it could be very interesting, I think. And, and so I do want to take the step, having acknowledged and, and attempted to hold the space for the DeMar Hamlin health concern that continues as we wish him the best in his recovery and and take those baby steps back to football and and get into some of that conversation a little bit uh, coming up next. But first, today's episode of both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Bengals is brought to you by Bet Online. And BetOnline.net is the number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, analysis. You can get all the latest thoughts and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. You have pro football, college bowl season, you have basketball. Also, they've got it all over at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. You can head over to the website to use a mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Kevin, let's do some football conversating here. As the Bengals and the NFL are proceeding and the Ravens are proceeding with week 18, the Bengals and Ravens, I meant to say, are proceeding with a game as the NFL proceeds with Week 18. And one of the big questions to me is what will this game count for with the still unannounced verdict for what's going to happen with the Bills and Bengals game? As of the time of recording this, they still haven't decided whether this game is going to be made up, whether it will be declared a no contest, whether they're going to continue it. And I have to imagine that would impact the way these teams approach this game, at least the Ravens. So let me ask you this, because I'm trying to figure out why the Ravens would would play their starters this week. And and there's probably a good reason to do it that I just haven't haven't realized yet. But as we were talking before the show, that there's 
two possibilities for the Ravens here if the Bills-Bengals game doesn't count. And, and that's the five and the six seed. And totally different story if we don't know whether that game is going to be made up. If the game is going to be made up, then certainly I think you have to play your starters to give yourself a chance to win the division. And then this isn't even a conversation. But if, if it's not going to be made up, and maybe by the time this goes out to the audience, they've made that decision and this conversation is obsolete. But wouldn't you rather have rest than, you know, deciding whether you're going to try to go play the Bengals or the Jaguars? Well, what are your thoughts? Right. It, it really depends, I guess, what one the team would want in terms of do they value which opponent they play over getting their guys some rest here, especially their starters that have play, played a full 16 games or played a lot here. So you're right. The Ravens, if if there is no game between the Bengals and the Bills, the only way Baltimore could have won the North is if Cincinnati lost their remaining two games and since the Ravens lost to Pittsburgh, that was the only path. The Ravens had to beat Cincinnati and have Cincinnati lose to Buffalo. It, if there was a tie, the Bengals would have won. If the mm. Bengals won, they would have won. If there was no game, the Bengals still win the division. So you're right. Now it comes down to if that game is not played, the way the Ravens get the five seed here, the Ravens are six right now. If the Chargers win on Sunday and they play at 425, the Ravens of Bengals play at one. If the Chargers win, the Ravens are locked into six, no matter what. That, that, that is where they are. But you don't know that because the Ravens and Bengals play three hours before the Chargers and Broncos do. So h- how high is the likelihood that the Broncos knock off the Chargers? There are varying opinions on that. But I do think that for Baltimore, they, they want to get some – form of momentum it's been very inconsistent for them coming out of their bye week I guess if they're looking to get into the playoffs and and get into the dance they're already there but if they're looking to kind of go into it with some form of hey we were able to beat a team in Cincinnati that look Cincinnati's playing good football on the field right now you know they're a team that's found their stride no it's not perfect but they're a team that the Ravens if they can get two on Cincinnati because they obviously won that first primetime matchup if they can go into this game against Cincinnati in week 18 with some semblance of, hey, we're going to go out there and compete with our starters and make sure that guys are in a rhythm and a flow heading into the playoffs instead of resting them and maybe go, they lose that game. They That would be three of four that they lost, and all three of those being divisional games, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and then Cincinnati. Maybe, to me, that's where you can say they need, mm-hmm. they need to find something because offensively, the Ravens' red zone offense has been really bad this year. I think it went up to 28th from 30th over the last three weeks. They're still, I think, worse in the NFL in that regard. The defense has been playing great, but the offense, obviously without Lamar Jackson, you lose a lot but they're only scoring 14.1 points per game since the bye week while the defense has given up 13.1. So you want to find something. The run game's been fine, but maybe you want to find something pass game-wise where Mark Andrews had nine receptions for 100 yards in that Pittsburgh game. The next closest pass catcher was Isaiah Likely, who had three for 12. Mm-hmm. So you you want to find that rhythm. I think that would be an argument for me. And then there's the whole other conversation of the opponent. Would you rather play the Jacksonville Jaguars or would you rather play the Bengals I'd rather play the Jaguars personally. I I think the Bengals are a much tougher test for Baltimore, but I think for the Ravens, their mindset is probably we're going to play who we play and we want to find some source of momentum heading into the playoffs. If they, if they do play their guys. And and we've all seen what happens sometimes. And and you make a good point there. I mean, you, you mentioned even before the show 2019 for the Ravens where there's too much rest as the, as the team with a bye 
in the playoffs. And and we've seen the Bengals go back to the Carson Palmer era where where they kind of back into the playoffs, not strictly resting guys, but not necessarily, you know, playing them at their full capacity and, and pulling them early and then losing the next week. And so I think most teams have seen that happen at some point or many teams, I should say, maybe not most have seen that happen where, you know, you rest guys trying to get to the playoffs healthy and then you just don't get out of the first round. And so that, that that's certainly a balancing act on the Bengals side of things. And, you know, we, we haven't really gotten into some of the nitty gritty in the matchups yet. And, and maybe we can get to some of that, but I wonder what the, the state of this team's preparedness is going to be. I think they've got good leadership. I was really encouraged after watching Zach Taylor speak today that, you know, they are going to be able to manage this the right way from a person and football perspective, that they have the leadership they need to move forward in both of those categories and and to be all right. And I think they have that with their player leadership as well. Joe Burrow and DJ Reader, the two guys I've talked about and some other guys on this team that have been there and are very high character guys and good leaders. I, I do worry about the lost day of preparation. It was already a short week for this team. Joe Burrow, like I said, in his press conference said he wasn't able to even think about this game until, uh, until Wednesday. And so Burrow's a guy that's going to be grinding the tape as soon as possible, getting ready as soon as possible. Most weeks, his preparation, this week has been delayed. I imagine that's true for a lot of the guys in that Bengals locker room as well. Uh, and, and I wonder how that plays out because you can see from an emotional perspective, and usually this is where we we're talking about football matchups. And like I said, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to get to that a little bit as well from an emotional perspective, from a mental perspective. The compartmentalization, I think every NFL team is going through right now affects the Bengals a little bit more after, after they were, first-hand observers of what was going on after we've heard from them and so you get the on the one hand the the unity the galvanization the brotherhood of a locker room coming together and on the other hand the the hurdle to overcome the emotional mental hurdle to overcome to prepare for this week the lost day potentially preparation on tuesday which typically would be a player day off but would be a film day um on a short week I wonder how that would impact things for this team. I think there's no way to know how that's going to impact things for this team. And so that is something that is going to be interesting to watch and and see how this plays out. And I think that's going to be true all around the NFL for every single team. And, you know, I've got heightened attention there for the Bengals, of course. Kevin, let's finish the show with a little bit of talk about some matchups. I don't know if I'm ready to predict anything in this game. Uh, but but we'll see what what you think about that as well, and and make sure we hit on some injury updates to wrap up the show. We'll do that next. Today's episode of the Locked On Bengals and Locked On Ravens crossover podcast is brought to you by Built Bar, which is where you go if you need a delicious treat and you don't want to pick up the extra sugar, the extra calories, the extra fat. You just got through the holidays. I know I'm trying to to be healthy to start this year. And those built bars are perfect for this because they combine that healthy macro nutrient profile with something that's 
tasty and uh, a nice little sugar replacement if you have those sort of cravings. They're covered in 100% real chocolate and have unbelievable flavors that we know we love. We know you will too. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, and churro, a few that I know I really like. And they taste like a candy bar, like I said, with just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. You don't need to wait around to get a box. We've been telling you to go buy them at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club too. So you can go over to Walmart, pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs, or grab a 13-box, 13-bar box over at Sam's Club. So go check it out in person for once with Built Bars. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Kevin, let's talk matchups a little bit here before we before we get to talk about predictions and, and how wise it is to talk about predictions given the unpredictable nature of this week. The Bengals' offense has been red hot. You mentioned 13-point-something points per game allowed for the Baltimore defense and Sabai. The Baltimore defense has been red hot. The addition of Roquan Smith, certainly a difference from any time Joe Burrow has faced this team. Recently, the continued uh, development uh, of this defense with a new defensive coordinator in town. But to me, the Bengals have answered every test lately. And so from a football perspective, there's one strength-on-strength matchup in this game, which is the Bengals' offense against the Ravens' defense. And then there's whatever's going on with the Ravens' offense without a quarterback. We don't know if Tyler Huntley's going to play. It's extremely unlikely that Lamar Jackson is going to play, who didn't practice on Wednesday. But the Bengals' passing offense has been on fire, Kevin. And so that's the most fun football aspect of this game to me is a, a secondary that's pretty darn good. A defense that's been getting after it, like you mentioned, since the bye, especially with the addition of Roquan Smith, seeming to elevate Patrick Queen's level of play as well. And, and meanwhile, the Bengals, new right tackle or not, clicking on all cylinders on offense. Right. I, I, I'll actually take the other side. I'll, I'll talk a bit about the Ravens offense versus Bengals defense. And I also have another matchup on the other side of the ball. But for the Ravens, it's been all it's all about the ground, both aspects, mm-hmm. run offense and run defense. The Baltimore is the third best rushing offense in the NFL right now. They've been they've been really good. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards is coming back. Both have played really well. They're averaging five point two yards per carry as a team. But in that first matchup, D.J. Reader did not play. Mm-hmm. And DJ Reader has been one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL this year. He's made a massive impact for that Bengals team. So I'm interested to see, one, how Tyler Linderbaum responds to DJ Reader, because Linderbaum, I think, has had a good rookie year, but he has struggled 
against some of the more premier matchups, Quinn and Williams in week one, Dexter Lawrence in week six. Those are a couple guys where he didn't necessarily win those matchups. So I was excited to see those two go off in week five, but obviously that did not happen. Now, Mm -hmm. on the other side of things, speaking back to what happened between these two teams the first time, the Bengals coming into that game were one of the worst rushing offenses in the NFL. And they still, you know, stat wise, they still are right now. I think they're 29th or something in net yards per attempt. I don't think that speaks to it exactly, but yeah, the Ravens, you know, I remember us talking on that crossover where we were wondering, would this be the week somehow that the Bengals rush offense did something because the first couple weeks of the year, it wasn't great. The Bengals went into that game in Baltimore and averaged 4.8 yards per carry. Joe Mixon was averaging, I can't remember the exact number, but it wasn't great yards per carry. He averaged 5.6, and P. Ryan had 5.7. So do the Bengals replicate that success against the run defense, I think, in Baltimore that has improved? And, and you know, going back to the injury front, it seems like we're going to get Clayus Campbell and Marcus Peters back for the Ravens this week. Hopefully that's the case for Baltimore's sake because I think they've missed both of those guys. Quarterback-wise, you mentioned it. Lamar didn't practice on Wednesday, so... I feel like they need to give him time to kind of ramp things up in practice before he gets back. But Tyler Huntley dealing with a shoulder injury. He's dealt with tendonitis ever since really the preseason. He's kind of that pop up and and go back down a little bit. So we'll see if it, if not, it's going to be Anthony Brown, their third string quarterback who's now on their active roster. So plenty of matchup storylines from a pure football perspective in this one. But I think to me, I definitely look on the ground, despite obviously when you look at the Bengals offense, got to stop Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, that trio, it's always going to cause problems for any team, but for the Ravens, you got to have some confidence, I think in Marlon Humphrey, but can the rest of the guys step up against that talent? Well, and it's tough even when you've seen teams let their top corner go one-on-one with any of these guys at this point. I mean, the bills didn't get very many snaps against the Bengals. We saw Tredavious white matched up one-on-one outside as he works back from his injury against Tyler Boyd, who is not known for his ability to win one-on-ones outside and gives up a touchdown in that opportunity. You've seen Jamar chase and T Higgins both do it against guys like Xavier Howard and other premier corners in the league. So that in and of itself, like you said, creates a huge matchup issue. But when you look in the trenches and you talk about the ground game, you talk about protecting the quarterbacks in this game, always something that we look at, when the Bengals play football, I think the Bengals are pretty good in the trenches. I, I'm excited for that matchup. You mentioned DJ Reader, Tyler Linderbaum, that, you know, a, a great center prospect. Kevin Zeitler as well, a fantastic right guard. Uh, really, that that entire offensive line for the Ravens has, has come such a long way uh, with, with getting some guys healthy, getting some infusions of talent to different spots. And, and Morgan Moses. The Morgan Moses renaissance. I mean, when we were looking at Morgan Moses as a free agent target for the Bengals, we were talking about how his stance tipped run versus pass, and it doesn't seem like it's really mattered uh, necessarily for the Ravens. He's had a really good year, but you, you mentioned a great matchup there. And then when the Bengals have the ball at right tackle, it's going to be Hakeem Adeniji again, or so it appears. Last week we thought it was going to be Hakeem Adeniji, and then it was, oh, maybe it's going to be Isaiah uh, Prince who's on the practice squad and they didn't call him up and it was a energy in the end. And, and it was a big smoke screen there. And that was a big deal as much as your backup right tackle conversation can be a big deal. But uh, there, there's a matchup where, you know, the, the ageless Justin Houston still out there, right. For, for the Ravens who, who continues to have a pretty, a pretty impressive year. I would say Justin Matabike has, 
really come on, in my opinion, this year. And Calais Campbell is still the guy he is. So with those additions, or, or with the Roquan Smith addition, the Bengals have, have not been able to run the ball the last couple of games. And we don't know what would have happened in the Bills game. It looked like they were finding some success early. Leslie Frazier's defense tends to be a defense that adjusts and, and gives up the most in the first quarter historically this year. By DVO anyway, they're in the 20s in the first quarter and get much better as the game goes on. So who knows what would have happened in that game. But against the Patriots against, and against the uh, the Buccaneers, who both have good run defenses, the Bengals couldn't get much going on the ground. I imagine they would really like to get that going again before the playoffs come around and, and find some confidence in that part of their game. But you mentioned in week five, that was a transformation point. That was the inflection point of the year for the Bengals offense when they started going back to shotgun almost exclusively. They stopped being an under center team. So I'm sure they would like to get a win. I'm sure they felt like they should have won back in week five. The Bengals feeling relatively healthy right now. The Ravens, I mean, relatively speaking for the last two years, pretty healthy right now. Quarterback aside, I know that's a big one to put aside, but you know, outside of that relatively whole, at least on the defensive side of the ball. And so there's some pretty fun football matchups in this one, even if Lamar Jackson doesn't play, assuming that that these teams both play at their full capacity. Do you have any feel for, for how you think this game is going to go right now, Kevin? For me, there's so much in the air in terms of motivation, in terms of, you know, so many factors that, that I, I don't really know. I, I have no inclination right now. I think the Bengals are a better football team. I don't know what that means for Sunday. What do you think? Yeah, it, it's so tough to say right now because obviously emotions are running super high for so many reasons and, and there's so much unknown, both, you know, what's going to happen on the field as well as how these players are, are feeling. You know, I know for the Bengals who it, it, the, this incident happened in their stadium, they they witnessed it on the field firsthand. You know, that that's super tough. And especially for a team that, you know, despite the fact they've been playing so well on the field, how much is that going to impact them? You kind of mentioned it earlier where this could be a super big uniting moment for them. They go out and just run the table on every opponent and, and they have this miraculous thing, or it could impact them where they're, they're kind of foggy for a week or two or however long that may be. So, and I, I think it goes beyond even that where it's, you mentioned also how it's impacting not just the Bills and the Bengals, but the rest of the NFL and these mm-hmm. players who, again, with such a tight knit, tight knit community throughout the entire league, what is it going to look like on Saturday, on Sunday, when these teams get out there and play and what is going to happen there? So in terms of this game, again, we don't, in terms of actual like on-field implications, we don't know what what it's going to be played for. If by the time this comes out, do we know what happens between the Bengals and the Bills? Is that game in no contest officially? Is it a tie officially? Are they going to play it in some week 19 situation? I don't, we don't know right now, but for Baltimore, at least, it, it becomes, well, are you playing for the five or the six? For Cincinnati and their seeding implications, they also have stuff going on for them in terms of whether the Bills mm-hmm. game happens or not. So I, I don't know. I think for me the most, I guess, the, the tilting part in terms of whether the scales tip one way or the other is just how these teams respond on the field. But I think it's such a hard ask, especially with everything that's gone over the course of these past couple of days here to know how these guys are going to feel on Sunday after a couple more days of reflection, a couple more days of practice. I think it's, it's super early in in this stage. And I think it will, I think it will be for a while, you know, it's not, I think once week 18 passes, there's still going to be that reflection. There's still going to be these emotions going on, but there is going to be a football game on Sunday. So I guess we just have to wait and see how it plays out. 
Yeah, that's where I am. I mean, I'm never a prediction guy, as people that have listened to me before know. I, I let James, who will be back with us soon on Lockdown Bengals, in case anybody's wondering, uh, handle the predictions for quite a while. But for me, I, I've, at least, I've at least usually had a feeling about, you know, this is going to come down to this or that or another thing. I, I feel like this has been a um, one of the more challenging weeks to, to have a feel for the football aspect of things because it feels so secondary. And uh, some people are apparently sick of that, and I don't know that I care about that. Uh, hopefully we will get some good news as we continue to monitor Jamar Hamlin's health. It, it looks like you know those updates are coming. Things were positive on Wednesday, and we, we certainly hope they continue to be positive and uh, keep, keep that the forefront of their minds as – we take these steps back to talking about football and it'll be interesting to see how it looks. Part of me thinks that there's going to be some muscle memory for these guys. DJ reader said this too. And I think it was a, a good point. There's only one speed you can really play in the NFL. You gotta, you gotta play full go because if you don't, you, you know, you're putting yourself at risk, potentially putting others at risk. So I, I do think that we might see that. We'll see what happens. Like you said, Kevin, we'll see what happens out there on Sunday. Um, we've seen teams answer the call and, and get through football games after tragedy before, obviously some, some different circumstances historically, but we're going to see football on Sunday one way or another. And so we will uh, keep you prepared here as the week goes on on lockdown Ravens and lockdown Bengals. He's Kevin Ostriker. I'm Jake Lisko. We appreciate you listening to this crossover episode on the lockdown podcast network. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.